Well, hello, everybody. Good to connect with you again uh, through online services. And uh, we're missing being in the room with everybody, uh, but love the opportunities that we have to connect uh, through technology. It's such an amazing thing. You know, sometimes uh, with all the stuff that's going on around us, we can get a little too uh, inundated with the news, or maybe some of us get a little too inundated with social media, and some of those things can turn negative. But one of the things that uh, has been fun for me is some of the great memes that uh, I've seen on social media. I wanted to share a couple of them with you. So the first one is this, I'm getting tired of being part of a major historical event. Come on, can anybody say amen to that? The second one I would show you is this. This is me in my work clothes on May 1st. I don't know about you, but I have some, for some reason, allowed myself to eat more sandwiches in the past two or three weeks than I have eaten in the past two or three years. Something about just being around the house more makes you just want to eat more. Uh, this one, here you go. This is for my wife right here. You okay? No, I want to go to TJ Maxx. And it actually surprises me how many ladies love TJ Maxx. Smell those candles, buy those notebooks, buy that stuff that you're probably not even going to wear, but it's just fun to go to TJ Maxx. Next one, here we go. From the president, check your bank account. I put a stack in there. And don't forget to holler at your boy in November. That's not real, but it's, uh, it's still fun uh, to, to look at. I hope you got your stimulus check and uh, things are flowing your way. See if I've got another one here. Here we go. I hope they allow us off lockdown by July 4th. That way we can celebrate our freedom. Come on, somebody. Well, hey, today I want to take a few moments and... Uh, Talk about this idea, the things which make for peace. Uh, this is a season we're all in that can probably make us feel a little anxious, a little uncertain. And uh, when Jesus was talking to Jerusalem and he was actually weeping and just saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, how I wish I could have just pulled you in like a hand pulls in his chicks under its wing, and if only you had known the things which make for peace. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I started talking about this a little bit last week, but the things which make for peace. And the passage we're looking at is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, and uh, Paul is writing from a prison, from a place of quarantine himself. And he's saying this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When Jesus was talking to us about the peace that he was going to give, he said it's not like the peace the world gives. And I think it's interesting to look at the original language. This word peace literally means uh, 
to join together in, in the Strong's Concordance, which is a standard uh, Bible study tool, has been for decades, says, by implication, it literally means prosperity, to be at one, to be at peace, quietness, rest, and set at one again. The Hebrew word that gets translated for peace is the word shalom. And that word literally means fullness or completeness. Uh, in other words, if, if somebody uh, handed you a bill and you paid it, uh, in Hebrew culture, they would write down shalom. The bill has been completely paid. And I think the thing to understand about the peace of God is that peace is not just the absence of conflict around us. Peace is having a wholeness within your own soul that is far greater than any of the pressure that's around. If I could just use a financial analogy, it's like having $10,000 in the bank and getting a $20 bill. You don't fret because you got more than enough to take care of it. And it would be the same way with, with the peace of God within us. It gives us more than enough to handle anything that comes our way. So we talked about this idea from this passage uh, last week. Number one, that we make a choice to rejoice. These may not feel like joyful times for you, but you can always choose to be a joyful person. You can rejoice in the Lord. And then second, we talked about this idea is to, to run your life from your prayer closet, that you're gonna find things in your prayer closet that you're not gonna find anywhere else at all. Today, uh, I really uh, kind of thought long and hard about what should I entitle this message. And so uh, the, the title of my message today is The Power of of the yield, the power of the yield. I almost uh, entitled this giving grace and space in your world, but the, but the concept I wanna focus on is this concept of forbearing, forbearance. It's not a word that we actually talk about or use a lot, but Philippians 4, 5, Paul said, let your forbearing spirit be known to all men the Lord is near. If you're gonna walk in peace, it's gonna be important to get a forbearing spirit, a forbearing posture toward life. If you were to kind of scope around and, and check out a few definitions on forbearance, one of them would be this. It's the quality of being patient and being able to forgive someone or to control yourself in a difficult situation. Uh, one definition would be to refrain or to hold back, to be patient or self-controlled when subject to annoyance or provocation. Forbearance is giving grace and giving space to other people, to uh, to yourself, and literally giving grace and space to your life. Forbearance, the opposite of forbearance would be that we're always insisting on our own way. We're always trying to control 
everything that's going on and everybody that's around us. And I think all of us have learned in this season that there are a lot of things that we don't actually have control over. But the, but the desire to control the circumstances of life, the desire to control people around us is going to eradicate peace in your world. You know, uh, I really think relationship control, trying to control in your relationships is going to destroy peace. We've been separated from a lot of people uh, and people we would love to be around. Like we would love to be connecting with our church family in a physical way, and we will again soon enough, but uh, we've been separated from a lot of people, but it's also forced us into some tight quarters (laughs) with other people as well. And one thing I've discovered is that a lot of the stress, a lot of the trouble, a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the stuff that goes on in life that steals your peace comes from relationship conflict. A forbearing spirit is a yielding spirit. It's, it's a spirit that's not insistent on its own way. Uh, the opposite would be, I think, to have a contentious spirit. I bet you know someone who's like this. They're, they're always insisting on their own way. They're always going against the flow. They're always going against the grain. Does somebody's face come up? I hope somebody did because if no one's face came up, maybe you're the one. Just kidding. But there's some people I've met that no matter what was happening, they had to choose the anti-side. They had to choose the against side. They had to choose the contentious side. There there are some people who are all, I see them on on, uh, social media. They're always fighting They're always complaining. They're always pointing out what's wrong. And the the idea behind this is this kind of thinking. If only everybody would just comply with me. If, If only they weren't so stupid and they saw it the way I saw it. Or if only they saw things my way. And I but the what the Bible is encouraging us to do here in Philippians is to have a forbearing spirit to give grace and to give space to people that are in our world. You know, it's a good idea sometimes just to let some things slide, to to make sure you choose your battles. I know a lot of uh, moms, dads are having to homeschool their kids and trying to sort out, you know, what I should insist on and what I shouldn't. Sometimes it's just important as a parent, whether, whether you're homeschooling your kids or you're trying to raise a teenager or whatever relationship is happening in your family, sometimes it's just a good idea to say, you know what, this battle is not worth it. I'm going to let this slide. There's some things that I may not let slide, but this thing is not worth fighting over. And let me just say this, you don't have to participate in every battle you get invited to. Uh, there'll be times I'll post something on social media and somebody will want to challenge it. And I know they're just inviting me into a fight. I just don't show up for the fight. I said what I want to say, and that's the way it is. Here's the truth I wish I would have learned early in life. You can be right, or you can have relationships. And it is a forbearing spirit that says, I value our relationship 
more than I value winning this argument, more than I value being right. When, when you have a forbearing spirit, you become a low-maintenance friend. <laughs> there are some people, you know, you, like if, if you were to get back with them, they're like, why haven't you contacted me? And the reason why is because of what you just said. Somehow being low-maintenance and just giving grace and giving space to people, especially in a season like this where there's so much uncertainty, the value of a forbearing spirit so powerful. Let's look at the verse again, Philippians 4, verse 5. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. You know, I think this is a day when people are offended by so many things, almost by everything. People are demanding their rights about everything. And I want to, I, I just want to, say to you, I know this word isn't like a popular word that's in our current culture or vernacular, but it's good to think about having a forbearing spirit. It's not about being wishy-washy or milk toast or letting people just walk all over you and whatever you want, that's fine. That's not the idea at all. It's about learning how to be yielded to the will of God learning how to be yielded so that you're not always insisting on your own way in your relationships. You know, one thing I have discovered about life is that there are a few things I can control within me, but there's a lot of things that I still struggle to control. How about you? I just said earlier, I find myself eating sandwiches more than I have in a long time. It's hard to sometimes control. When those cookies are on the counter, I, it is hard to control myself sometimes. But you know what I've discovered is that there's a lot of things that go on around me. There's, there's this virus that's going around the world. There's economic issues that are going around. It's cold, it's hot, whatever. You cannot be in control of everything. It's impossible. It's far better to learn how to yield to the Lord than try to be in control of everything. And that's why I like this, this verse. It tells us, let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. You got to recognize this, that there is a God who is for you. There is a God who can cause all things to work together for your good. There is a God who's promised that no weapon formed against you will prosper. There is a God who says, I've got a hope and a future in store for your life. And so understanding that and saying, you know what, instead of me trying to control everything that's around me, I'm just going to learn how to yield the power of the yield. I'm going to yield to the will of God because the Lord is near. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is when Abraham and Lot were, uh, their herdsmen were fighting with each other. Both of them had grown, both of them had prospered, and they were fighting uh, amongst each other. And, and uh, Abraham actually goes to Lot, it's in Genesis 13, and he says to Lot, you know what, this situation is not working. We are living in a contentious situation. It's not, this isn't the way we're supposed to live. Here's what we're gonna do. You go to the left, I'll go to the right. Or if you want, you go to the right, I'll go to the left. 
And what he did was he deferred. That's what a forbearing spirit does. He deferred and said, Lot, you choose whatever way you want to go because here's what I know. My God is for me. If I go to the left, he'll bless me. If I go to the right, he'll bless me. And you can be blessed if you go to the left or you go to the right. I just, I think this idea is, is so important that we recognize that Abraham's deferring to Lot was not weakness on his part. It actually was a lot of strength to say, this isn't the way we're supposed to live in a contentious uh, relationship, and I know I'm going to take the courage to make this thing and change this thing. He believed in God's abundance. He believed in God's generosity. He knew, he knew no matter which way he went, the blessing of the Lord could be on him. I think a little more courageous deferring where we would go, you know what, I'm not going to fight for my right here, but I'm going to trust God. God's going to take care of me. God's going to watch out for me. And let me tell you something, he does. You look at this passage in, uh, in Philippians 4, and I think these ideas are tied together. Rejoicing is tied to forbearing. You know, when you decide to quit fighting with everything and everybody, it's a whole lot easier to rejoice. Uh, peace, overcoming worry, is tied to that because a lot, of, a lot of the anxiety we face in life is a result of a contentious spirit that robs your peace. Here's my encouragement to you today. Would you give up trying to be in control of all the circumstances, of all the relationships, of all the situations that are in your world, and better than trying to be in control of the outward circumstances, how about running your life from the peace that's within, the prosperity that's within, the wholeness that's within? If, if we could lean into that, I believe, a beautiful thing of inner peace could overcome outward circumstances. Colossians 3, verse 15, the Apostle Paul says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. I like this word let. Let is the opposite of make. Utilize the power of let, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. L let is a beautiful concept. Let is you are allowing something to happen. You are, you are opening, you are lifting your sails to catch the wind. You are letting the peace of Christ come in. And this, this concept is throughout the Bible. Genesis 1 verse 3 God said, let there be light. And there was light. Psalm 68, verse one, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. I like this one, Psalm 90, verse 17, let the favor of the Lord. Don't, not make, let, allow to happen. Let the favor of the Lord, our God, be upon us and do confirm for us the work of our hands, yes, Confirm the work of our hands. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore 
draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Let is a beautiful idea. You know, uh, if you want to have a good golf swing, I always tell people this. It's golf is not a game of make. Golf is a game of let. There are certain things you let happen. You don't make it happen. You let it happen. Rhythm and tempo and balance are key factors. You can't just swing as hard as you want to swing and hit a good golf shot. You got to stay within yourself. And I think this idea of, of letting the goodness of God come into your life. Let the favor of the Lord be upon you. Let God arise. That we're allowing it to happen. We're not trying to grab a hold of everything to try to make it happen. Rhythm and tempo and balance, they're good in golf, but they're also good in life. And I found this, when I get out, the more I tense up and try to guide things when I'm playing golf, the worse golf I play. I've even heard this about sailing. I'm not an expert sailor, but I've been in some sailboats sometimes and the wind is blowing. And there's this idea that you could literally overpower the boat by binding the ropes too tightly. In other words, you gotta give wind space. You gotta give wind room to cause your sails, to cause you to move. Let peace rule in your hearts. Hebrews 4.11 says this, let us, therefore, be diligent to enter the rest of God, lest anyone fall through following the same example of disobedience. Let's, let us be diligent to enter his rest. I think it's an interesting idea to consider because let is not just lay on the couch and hope it all happens. Let us be diligent to enter the rest of God. It's kind of like this idea. Uh, I heard a guy say this one time. He says, don't try, train. In other words, if you decided you wanted to run a marathon, it's pretty unlikely that you would be able to step out today and run a marathon. But if you started training, you could eventually run the marathon. It's not a matter of, of making it happen, but it's being diligent to enter into the rest of God. I love this idea. Let God arise. Let God be God. God says this to you and to me today. I am God, you are not. So rest a little bit. What a great arrangement to think. He is God, and he is for you. He's far smarter than any of us. He's far stronger than any of us. He's, he sees farther than any of us. And I think if we can embrace this arrangement where he is God, and I am not, and he is in control, and I don't have to be, peace can come in to your soul. You know, what I've discovered is that there are some things that are difficult to figure out today. That's why trust is a powerful thing. Because I may not be able to figure out everything that's going on today, but I can trust God. Let 
people breathe. I think there's a way to stay connected and still let people breathe in life. I, and I, I say this, we're in a crazy season right now. Most of us, I guess all of us, have never experienced anything like this. But like any difficult season, you gotta let the season run its course. Don't pass judgment before. I've often found that I really get an assessment of a season once I get past it and look back on it. Sometimes trying to make it all work in my head in the current situation can get me all bound up. Let people come into your world. Let the peace of Christ rule in your life. It's an interesting word, this word rule. It literally means to act as an umpire in your life. In other words, the peace within you says yes. The peace, not, not having peace within you says no. Don't just be led by your outer circumstances, but be led by your inner peace. I remember in earlier years, I wanted so bad to be in the ministry and I felt like I was on the shelf and I didn't know what God was offering for me, where God wanted me to go, what God wanted me to do. And I remember one, I remember I got an offer to, uh, to be on the staff of a church while I was in this season. But the truth is the peace of Christ would not allow me to make that move. The outward circumstance would be take the opportunity and go with it. But you can't always judge what's right by the outward circumstance. I had to let the peace of Christ make the decision for me. I remember one time I had a, a little Toyota years ago and I started having trouble with the transmission and I took it to, and, I, and anybody that knows me knows I know nothing. Like I can put gas in the car and push the button that starts the car. That's the extent of my automotive knowledge. And I remember one time I brought it, I brought my, my car that was having this transmission issues and I brought it to one transmission place and they said, oh, we're gonna have to replace your entire transmission. It's gonna cost three grand to do it. And the peace in my heart just wasn't there. And I thought, I don't know that much about transmissions, but this just doesn't feel right. I took it to another place and they said, oh, this happens a lot with this kind of car. There's a little plastic ball that, that deteriorates sometimes and that ball costs 38 cents. And it's gonna cost us a couple hundred dollars take the transmission apart to put it back together. Well, believe me, I have more peace about that than the other situation. You may not know everything, but you can know the peace that's in your life. So instead of just reacting to what's going on around us, come on, let's start acting from what, what's happening within. Don't ever violate the peace within you. Don't get pushed into a decision if you don't have peace. Don't just be subjective about it. Get some counsel from other people, but ultimately, you gotta make a decision that is peace to you. One last idea, and then we're gonna stop. I wanna pray with you guys. Colossians 3, verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Everybody say one body. And be thankful. Here's another layer of peace. We were all called to live in one body. In other words, we were all called to live in community. There's a lot of conversation right now 
about the effects emotionally that are happening with people being separated so much because God created us to be in community. God created us to be connected to people. That's why a church family is so vital. And let me just say this. We might right now be separated from being able to meet together, but we can still be connected as a spiritual family. But there's something about this idea of saying, I'm gonna let peace rule. I'm, whatever community I'm in, whether it's my family, whether it's my job, whether it's my church, whether it's my city, whether it's my state, my nation, whatever, whatever family I'm a part of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own this idea. Peace is a valuable commodity. Peace in your home. Peace in your workplace. Peace in God's church is a beautiful thing. Would you be a peace contributor? I've lived in uh, unpeaceful seasons. <laughs> and I, here's, here's what I know. Conflict is expensive. War is expensive. When your life is in God's hands, you can surrender, you can yield, control, and rest in peace. Maybe you're here uh, listening to this today, watching this today, and you have never really surrendered your life to Jesus. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you used to be close to God, but you, you know you don't feel like the Lord is near to you. Maybe you've drifted, maybe you've made decisions, but God's ready, arms open wide, to receive you again. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. So I wanna pray a prayer, and I'm just gonna ask you, everybody that is watching this, just to pray this with me. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to your love, and your Lordship. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for a fresh start. Thank you, Lord, for a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen.